Welcome to your Tuesday edition of Transformation Radio. There's no space that His love can't reach. There's no place where we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. Take me in with your arms spread wide. Take me in like an orphan child. Never let go. Schaefer uh, from Washington Courthouse, Ohio. Uh, moving into phase three. Been here in the refuge for five months. Just want to give a word of encouragement uh, to all you guys there in phase one and two uh, to stay faithful to God and He will stay faithful to you. Uh, when things get tough, just keep your eyes focused on God and uh, He will take care of you. He will supply all your needs. 
according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So um, God bless you guys and keep up. Good work. Thanks. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament for today, our narrative will be from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 24. The Corinthian church was in turmoil because of the immorality of the culture around them. Some Greeks, in rejecting immorality, rejected sex and marriage altogether. The Corinthian Christians wondered if this was what they were to do also, so they asked Paul several questions. Because sex is perverted, shouldn't we also abstain in marriage? If my spouse is unsaved, should I seek a divorce? Should unmarried people and widows not marry? Well, Paul answered many of these questions by saying, For now, stay put. Be content of the situation where God has placed you. Don't seek to be married or single. Live God's way one day at a time, and He will show you what to do. Sexual temptations are difficult to withstand because they appeal to the normal and natural desires God has given us. Marriage provides God's way to satisfy these natural sexual desires and to strengthen the partners against temptation. Married couples have the responsibility to care for each other. Therefore, husbands and wives should not withhold themselves sexually from one another. The Bible says that you should not defraud your spouse by withholding sex, but should fulfill each other's needs and desires. Now, spiritually, our bodies belong to God when we become Christians, because Jesus Christ bought us by paying the price to release us from sin. Physically, our bodies belong to our spouses, because God designed marriage so that through the union of husband and wife, the two become one. Paul stressed complete equality in sexual relationships. Neither male nor female should seek dominance or autonomy. And during our reading here today in the New Testament, we'll see that uh, both marriage and singleness are gifts from God. Sexual pressure is not the best motive for getting married, but it's better to marry the right person rather than to burn with lust. Now, because of their desire to serve Christ, some people in the Corinthian church thought they ought to divorce their pagan spouses and marry Christians. But Paul affirmed the marriage commitment. God's ideal is for marriages to stay together, even when one spouse is not a believer. We'll also read about the ceremony of circumcision. It was an important part of the Jews' relationship with God. In fact, uh, before Christ came, circumcision was commanded by God for all who claim to be uh, those who follow Him. Often we're so concerned about what we could be doing for God somewhere else that we miss great opportunities right where we are. We'll also read about slavery here. It was uh, common throughout the Roman Empire. Some Christians in the Corinthian church were slaves. Paul said that although they were slaves to men, they were free from the power of sin in their lives. The Bible says we become Christ's slaves when we become Christians. But this actually means we gain our freedom because sin is no longer controlling us. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. August 11th, the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 24. Now, regarding the questions you Corinthians asked in your letter, yes, it is good to live a celibate life. But because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife 
should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations, unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time, so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. But I wish everyone were single just as I am. But God gives to some the gift of marriage and to others the gift of singleness. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. But for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me but from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband. But if she does leave him, let her remain single or else be reconciled to him. And the husband must not leave his wife. Now I will speak to the rest of you, though I do not have a direct command from the Lord. If a Christian man has a wife who is not a believer— and she is willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. And if a Christian woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the Christian wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the Christian husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy. But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the Christian husband or wife is no longer bound to the other, for God has called you to live in peace. Don't you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you? And don't you husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you? Each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you, and remain as you were when God first called you. This is my rule for all the churches. For instance, a man who was circumcised before he became a believer should not try to reverse it, and the man who was uncircumcised when he became a believer should not be circumcised now, for it makes no difference whether or not a man has been circumcised. The important thing is to keep God's commandments. Yes, each of you should remain as you were when God called you. Are you a slave? Don't let that worry you. But if you get a chance to be free, take it. And remember, if you were a slave when the Lord called you, you are now free in the Lord. And if you were free when the Lord called you, you are now a slave of Christ. God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. Each of you, dear brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when God first called you. Psalm chapter 31, verses 19 through 24. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you! You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. Praise the Lord! For he has shown me the wonders of his unfailing love. He kept me safe when my city was under attack. In panic I cried out, 
I am cut off from the Lord. But you heard my cry for mercy and answered my call for help. Love the Lord, all you godly ones, for the Lord protects those who are loyal to Him, but He harshly punishes the arrogant. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 4. Haughty eyes, a proud heart, and evil actions are all sin.
definitely fallen into an undesirable category of four-letter words with negative connotations. If you put the word hard in front of work, it seems nearly impossible to accomplish. However, hard work is not an accomplishment, but a characteristic that is practiced daily. 
every day that an individual harnesses hard work, it becomes a habit that is irresistible to ignore. It becomes a trait that anyone and everyone notices, which gains attention, security, financial stability, and health. The traits of hard workers are not the tangible goods that people fully understand or desire. People want the rewards of wealth and fame before they want the positions or responsibilities of hard work. Those that have grown dependent on the rewards are in denial or in a state of laziness because of the benefits. These rewards are to create aid, not a style of living. Any recovering addict should understand this principle, since the state of recovery is continuous hard work and is supported by others and not the dependency of benefits. In Matthew 10:16, Christ tells his apostles, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep among the wolves. Be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. This is significant of the Apostles' transformation through God's Word. Christ understands that there has been a change in these men and tells them the, the truth about persecution to come. This is not to discourage you, but to encourage. The greatest thing we can do is stand and be a pillar, to be a testament to God's power in the midst of adversity. We must gain relationships, aid others in their walk, and be hard workers. In Hebrews 2.1 it states, We must pay close attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Understand why you are in the positions you are in. Understand why you had to drudge through the muck and the mire. Your life is a testament and a transformation of God's work. So, know this, my brothers. Let every person be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Stand firm and listen before your selfish desires make you act. You are strong, and I encourage you to grow in the body of Christ. God bless and peace be with you. Nathan Brokaw, signing out. Good morning, guys. This is Pastor Don coming to you from uh, Vinton County, Phase 1. And uh, just got a question for you. I just wonder if any of you guys out there have ever done any kind of dieting before. Uh, I'm currently on a diet right now, and uh, I've really tried quite a few times over the past several years to lose weight. And uh, I always start out real good on these diets. Uh, I get my diet plan together, my exercise plan together, and my supplement program together. And I think, you know, man, I'm really going to do great with this, and uh, I'm really going to lose some weight this time. But about a month into it, I always seem to fall off the wagon because I just can't seem to muster up the stamina to keep going when things get really hard. You know, maybe some of you this morning can relate to my story. Maybe some of you have been in a similar similar situation. Uh, if I were a betting man, I'd probably say that just maybe there's a man who's here at the refuge right now, and you're absolutely exhausted from all the trials that you've had to endure, and you just feel like giving up. You're just sick of everything. If so, I'm glad that you're listening this morning because I want to talk to you about why we need to be patient and uh, what can happen if we don't give up. The first thing that uh, can happen if we don't quit is that we'll experience spiritual growth. James chapter 1, verse 3 states, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, so that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. 
Paul also uh, agrees with what James is saying in Romans 5, verses 3 through 4, when he says, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. What James and Paul are saying in these two passages is that when you come up against a trial, it really gives you an opportunity to exercise patience. And if you're willing to be patient through the trial, then it's going to produce spiritual growth in your life. And James and Paul go even further to say that if you will continue to be patient through the numerous trials that you find yourself in throughout your life, then someday you're going to become the mature Christian that God had always hoped that you would be. And uh, I'd like to share with you how pearls are made as a helpful illustration to kind of further explain my point here. Uh, some people think that pearls uh, are like a stone that is mined from the earth, like diamonds and stuff, but that's, that's actually not true. Pearls don't come from the earth, they come from oysters. And uh, the way that they're actually made is that uh, these oysters, you know, they're sitting on the bottom of the ocean or wherever they are, and uh, sand gets inside of the oyster shell. And there's a very soft tissue that's inside of the oyster, and this sand, it aggravates the tissue. So the oyster actually secretes this liquid that uh, hardens the tissue in order to build, uh, to build up an uh, immunity and a, a support against the, the irritant. And over time, as this sand continues to come in and in and out, in and out of the oyster, uh, and the oyster keeps secreting this this liquid that hardens uh, its, itself against these irritants, it turns into a beautiful pearl. So, you know, how that kind of speaks to our situation is, is that the irritants that come into our life are, are trials and, and the things that are hard for us. But God uses those things actually to develop us into something beautiful. Uh, he uses the hard things in our life in order to uh, draw us closer to God so that we someday will turn into the beautiful pearl that He has desired for us to be. So, in closing, I'd like to say that, you know, if you're here at the refuge right now and you're really struggling with something and you just feel like quitting, just remember the fact that God wouldn't let you go through whatever it is that you're going through right now if he thought that you couldn't handle it. And also remember, you know, whatever doesn't kill you is just going to make you stronger. And the only way that you're going to go or grow, I'm sorry, is, is to go through the trial. So just be strong in the Lord. And uh, remember that uh, if you keep on pressing forward, someday you're going to turn into this beautiful pearl that God designed for you to be. God bless you guys, and I uh, hope you have a wonderful day. You want to be real You want to be emptied inside You want to be someone Laying down your pride You want to be someone someday Lay it all down before the King Wanna be whole, you wanna have
purpose and insight We want to have virtue Purify your mind You want to be set free today Lay it all down before the King Oh yeah This is my desire This is my return This is my Desire to be used by you. You wanna be real. You wanna be emptied inside, and I know my heart. Is to feel you near And I know my life Is to do your will It's to do your will This is my desire This is my return Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.